You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writers' Centre at writerscentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 159 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? I'm very well. Thank you, Valerie. <laughs> That's yeah, good. No, yes. I'm, I'm stepping up from okay. I realised in our last episode that I was saying okay too often, <laughs> so now I'm very well. I'm glad to hear it. So we are doing a mini-sode this week, and in our mini-sode, we answer listener questions, but sometimes in our mini-sodes, we also have mini-interviews. So mm-hmm. let's get straight into our listener question, which is from Wendy this week. Now, Wendy says, Dear Val and Al, I've signed up to the Writer Centre course on how to pitch a novel, and it has been very helpful. However, when I start to do my research on literary agents, it was disheartening to find that there are few that are available for unpublished writers in Australia of children's novels. Is it possible to pitch your work to overseas agents or is that even more problematic? Thank you both so much for all the support you provide for all of us who do so desperately want to be writers. Well, there you go. That's it. Cheers, Wendy. Yeah, good question. And what's your answer, Al? (laughs) Let's throw to Al on this one, shall we? Uh, Is it possible to pitch your work to overseas agents? Yes, it most certainly is, Wendy. And there are actually like a lot of uh, children's publishers overseas. Um, Is it even more problematic? Well, it's only more problematic in the sense that you uh, will need to do you know, potentially more research. Like it, the, you, you've probably got a bit of an understanding now about the Australian market. Um, so you will need to, like, it's like anything. You, you, if you're going into new territory, you need to research that market. You need to have a look at your novel and decide if your novel is a novel that can be international or if it's a particularly Australian novel. Mm. Like, for example, uh, off the top of my head, Storm Boy, uh, mm. very Australian novel, uh, probably would, you know, if I had a novel like Storm Boy, I would be pitching it to Australian publishers first. And then, you know, if it does well here, then it's, you know, potentially going to be picked up. But um, with a fantasy novel, for example, children's fantasy novel, children's adventure novel that's not set anywhere in particular or is set, you know, in an overseas location, then yes, you could definitely take that to an overseas agent or publisher. Um, As far as doing the research goes, I would like to point you, if you are not already in that area, to a fortnightly newsletter that I subscribe to called 
buzzwords um, and we will put the link in the show notes to that uh, because uh, Di Bates, who runs that little newsletter, does a fantastic job and every single issue, she does a roundup of overseas children's publishers, the kinds of stuff that they're looking for, um, whether or not you need to be agented or unagented to actually um, submit to said publishers. Uh, So it's definitely worth, you've got to start getting yourself ingrained in the different um, different resources that are available to you in children's literature. I would also suggest that you um, get yourself a membership to, it's called Squibby, and I now need to look it up exactly. Uh, I think it's the Society, Society of Children's Writers. Oh, here we are. The Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Yeah. Um, now, it's an international organisation. Um, I'm a member of that as well. There's an Australia-New Zealand chapter that you can join and it allows you to also access the, you know, the US website to have a look at all the information and the resources that are available um, to you there. So, Yes, you can. In a nutshell, definitely you can submit your work overseas, but you you need to do your research. You need to understand exactly what you're getting into, um, where your uh, it's like anything where your book will fit in that market, how you're going to pitch that book, your book in, into that market, which agents you're going to target, which agents are, are representing the kind of work that you're doing, um, all of those things. And the other thing you need to consider is your platform. If you've mm. started building uh, an author platform, you know, here in Australia, you need to look at how you might be able to position that on a more international level as well to, to, to be uh, attractive to a US or UK agent or publisher as well. Mm, fantastic what would, you, what would you add to that, Val? I would add to that that um, because uh, Wendy's question is that she says that there are few agents that are available for unpublished writers in Australia of children's novels. That's when she's done her research. Now, mm-hmm. this is where I think your two suggestions of number one, subscribe to Buzzwords, and number two, become a member of Squibby and go to the Squibby, you know, conferences. Like um, I spoke at the last conference in Sydney and it's just such a great community and it's so important to network within that community because you can then find out about more opportunities that you wouldn't then just research people's websites because you might be doing website research and you might see that some agents say that they're not available you know for unpublished writers of children's novels but the thing is if you're an agent and one of your children's authors decides to stop writing or you you lose them in some way the first thing and you and you have an opening now for a children's author the first thing you do is not go oh my god I'm going to change my website Mm. So what's on the website may not necessarily be reflecting what's the most up-to-date situation. But when you go to those conferences and you're part of those communities, that's when you hear about those opportunities and that's often where those opportunities are filled. So Mm. I think it's very important to, yes, start off your desk research, your online research, you know, that way, but then when you are part of those networks and communities, you will find out about way more opportunities than uh, appear on the surface. So I think that that's very, very important as well. Yep. 
So I hope that's useful for you, Wendy. Um, yeah, I agree with everything Alison said with that addition as well. So good luck with your search for an agent. Oh, uh, the other thing I think uh, is important to mention is that you, in Australia as well, in, 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 sorry, in Australia in particular, you don't necessarily need an agent. Mm, that's it's right. It's not as vital as it is in America where you almost always need an agent. In Australia, many people and many Australian Writers' Centre graduates get published without an agent and after their first deal, often they get an agent after that. It's not essential for you to have an agent if you can actually uh, gain interest directly from a publisher. I think that's important to remember as well. So don't not pitch publishers just because you don't have an agent. Go ahead mm. and pitch them um, and submit your stories to them as well. And you will also meet them at those networks that um, Alison mentioned. Yeah, and there's right. a couple of great – can I just add to that? Because yes. I, I am going to say something there. A lot of uh, publishers at the moment have closed books on their, have signs on their website that they've closed their books for picture books and for uh, children's uh children's novels, um, it is worth noting that an agent can get you past that. Yep. So in some cases, if if the publisher has a sign up saying we are not, you know, accepting unsolicited picture book or children's novels at this time, an agent will get you past that. So there, you know, it's, it depends where you particularly want to be um where you particularly want to be published, it may be that you do need an agent um, if the publisher in question has its book shut at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that there's a couple of great conferences to look at going to. Uh, there's Kidlick Victoria and there's uh, the CYA conference in, I think it's Queensland. Have a look for those because, you know, we were talking about networking. If you've got a manuscript mm. that you think is getting ready to be submitted, mm. then it's really important that you go to those. Sorry, I just added that addendum. No, I think that that's really useful advice as well because I think that networking is vital in a situation mm. such as this. Uh, all right, so we're doing something a little bit different this week. We've got a mini interview in our mini-sode mm. and our mini interview is actually with uh, Penelope Janu who has released her novel In at the Deep End which uh, is an awesome um, novel that she wrote Um hot on the heels of the fact that her daughter, <laughs> Tamsin Janu, wrote, has written a couple of novels. Now, Tamsin Janu wrote a couple of novels after she did some courses at the Australian Writers' Centre and she told her mum, Penelope, about the courses. Penelope then did those courses and that ignited in her a love of writing and the result is an actual novel published by Harlequin. So let's have a chat to Penelope about how that all came about. Thanks so much for joining us today, Penelope. Thank you for having me. Now, for those listeners who haven't uh, read the book yet, tell us what your debut novel, In at the Deep End, is about. Uh, it's about two characters mostly. I'm um, Harriet Scott, who's an environmentalist and a school teacher, and Per Amundsen, who is a naval commander and a climate scientist. They meet in quite dramatic circumstances in Antarctica. Hmm. And uh, through the course of the novel, um, they go through various um, stages in their relationship. Um, 
until ultimately um, they get together. So it's a romantic comedy, but it has other elements in it, um, some historical perspectives, uh, climate change, global warming, um, and it's set in a beach suburb. Uh, yes. So the sort of local characters and, um, yeah, um, other elements as well. Well, it also it captured my interest because the beach suburb is actually Avalon where I live. So yes. uh, tell us about how this idea formed because there's so many different aspects to it. There's the environmental aspect, there's some history in it, there's, um, you know, uh, there's there's the romance, there's Sydney, there's yes. Antarctica. What, um, how did this idea form in your brain? Well, I, I started, I was, um, I've been a university lecturer for many years, so I started with this character I wanted to be um, or have some connection to the environment um, and Harriet Scott ended up being an environmentalist, um, the heroine, uh, and any well, science of climate change is very much, there's a lot of research that goes on in Antarctica. Um, so it was quite relevant to have um, Antarctica in there as well. Um, and she's an adventurer who travels around the world. And so, um, yes, I started with Antarctica and then I became fascinated and did so much research, not all of it made it into the novel, obviously, um, about Scott and Amundsen, um, the first and second men to make it to the South Pole and their journey to the Pole and Harriet and um, Per Amundsen are um, the namesakes of the original Scott and Amundsen. So I guess looking also at their different perspectives and the perspectives of those men and how they, um, their journey um, to the South Pole actually eventuated um, as far as the historical characters went. Now you say that you are a university lecturer. That's your yes. day job. What's your, yes. What do you lecture in? What is your specialty? Ah, well, at the moment, I'm not doing much except for writing because it takes a tremendously amount of time and I've just finished my second novel. Um, but I'm a, I'm a lawyer by background, so I practice as a solicitor. Um, I taught sort of business law, corporations law, all different sorts of areas of law um, over sort of a 20-year period. Um, since then, I've went back into practice as a solicitor and... Uh, I've been doing that and writing and luckily enough, I suppose my children are getting older. I have more time on my hands. So um, I kind of jumped in at the deep end as well and really thought oh, I'm going to give this a go. Um, and so I've been writing um, almost every day, I suppose, for the last couple of years, which has been great. great. Now, your daughter, Tamsin, Tamsin yes. Janu, did a course with us at the Australian Writers' Centre, after which she published Figgy in the World and then a second novel, a sequel, Figgy and the President, and yes. they've won all sorts of, you know, awards. She's been shortlisted for this and that. Now, yeah. I understand that when she did the course, she sent you a link to the course and, and mm. it, you became interested in it, is that right? Well, she did, yeah. Well, she did a weekend course on um, writing for children. I think mm. she was a number of years younger than just about anybody else there. She was only yeah. early 20, I think. Uh, her first novel was published when she was only about 23. Mm. Um, yes, but she was, it was after that, there was a, it was the Lisa Hardkey course um, offered. Yep. It has a different name now, but it was writer's chick novel. And she said, mum, do this. And, and at that stage, I was winding back in my academic career. Um, so I did the weekend course. Um, and from that, then I went on and decided, okay, I, I will give this a go. And um, I did a master's um, at UTS. But really, that, that weekend course definitely was a stepping stone because I'd never workshopped before. I'd never really had much to do with romance writers before or other writers at all. Um, so it was a small step, um, but it was an extremely important one to me. It really was the beginning um, of, of what I see now as a, as a new career as a writer. 
That's great. Did you always know you were going to change careers and become a writer or did that idea come later in life? No, look, I always wrote stories in my head and a lot of people say, well, you know, am I a writer or not? I didn't write anything down. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always thought up stories, but it was something. I mean, I have six children. I had a career. Uh, it Luckily enough for me, circumstances, you know, occurred, I guess, that I thought, well, maybe I can give this a go. And, of course, and then there are so many talented people out there that don't actually get published. So I was, I was very lucky um, to actually be published as well. So, you know, this will enable me to, to keep going in this new career. So I do very much see it as a career now. But if you'd asked me that a year or two ago, um, I probably wouldn't have. Um, so, yes, it's, it's, it's a wonderful new career for me. So what did you get out of that course? I don't necessarily mean specific topics that you learned, but what Mm. emerged from that course that made you kind of open the door for you? Uh, often it's it's acceptance as a writer. I think this is some it's sort of some ad- advice I give generally anyway. And I know there are lots of writing groups and there are lots of writing centres and so on around. But but I think you need to be really careful as a as a somebody new to writing. And me, I mean, I was you know in my late forties really when I did that course. Um, you've had a career, or you've had children, or you've had your family, and your you know you, you've had certain achievements in life, and it's a really big step to enter into something else, even though it's something that you're quite passionate about. Um, because you want to write. And so I think the supportiveness of the environment, to me, and I could go through all the different, you know, learning about plot and characterization and all sorts of things, but I think it was that supportive, encouraging environment um, which really made a difference, which made you think, my goodness, I could give this a go. Um, and, And I went on from there as a result of that. And so how did you get – your publisher is Harlequin. Yes. So tell us about how you got that book deal. So if you can kind of walk us through the key steps because a lot of people are, you know, they're they're writing but they don't know how Mm. to take the next step. Yeah. Uh, well, I joined Romance Writers Australia a few years ago, which is a fantastic organisation, and it's not just for romance writers. Um, and certainly I've studied the craft of writing in many ways, but um, Romance Writers is a very practical organisation as well. Um, and they have pitching sessions at their annual conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had pitched the first year I went, which is about four years ago, and I'd, I have completed another full novel, and I pitched that at the conference. Um, and a few people said they wanted to read it. A few people did read it and they liked it, but it wasn't necessarily right for the publishers. Um, I hope it'll be published one day. Uh, So my next novel, um, so I went away, you know, wrote another novel and I pitched that to Harlequin Mirror. That was actually the only pitch I did try to get appointments with different publishers. But um, I heard um, Sue Brockoff, um, one of the publishers at Harlequin and Joe Mackay talking about the sorts of things that Harlequin wanted. And it was, mine was contemporary fiction, um, mostly set in Australia and stories of, you know, Australian women um, and others, of course course, family stories. And I thought it was funny, right? Then I thought that was a pitch I really needed to get because my, you know, I think my book will fit in really well there. Um, So I pitched it at the uh, conference and they said that they'd like to see the full manuscript. So I tinkered around for another few months and finally sent them the full manuscript at the end of the year. And Jo Mackay, the publisher there, got back to me within a few days, actually, and said she really liked it and she wanted to take it to acquisitions on Friday. So it, it all happened very quickly. Um, yeah, once. So once exciting. The- 
Yes, it was. Yeah, that's great. Here we go. We've got the book in in our hands. It's, yes, it's yeah. awesome. So, um, what are you writing about now? You you said you just finished your second novel. Is this a is this also a romance or is this what? Tell us about it. Yeah, or what well, you the- can about it. Okay. Um, well, the I mean, the end of the deep end was, I suppose, my second novel. I've just finished mm-hmm. the third novel, and I'm just starting on the fourth one. So the third one, um, again, I have another for some reason, another Norwegian hero. Um, again, a contemporary um, romance set in Australia, but not. I mean, in at the deep end is a romance as well, but it's it's really the story of Harriet. It's told in first person and it's present tense and it's her story. Yeah. Um, so it does have all sorts of other elements in it. And that's something I think with, um, you know, the publishing of what is labelled romance these days, it is just mm. so broad. And I think often mm. it's the way that we see, you know, with The Rosie Project, for example, which is a fantastic mm. novel. I see that very much as a romance. And I'm not sure that Graham Smithson would say that it's necessarily a romance. But for me, that is a romance. Um, Sally mm. Thorne's The Hating Game is a romance. So there are all different genres. But uh, what I'm working on now, yes, is this other novel um, set in Australia. Um, the uh, heroine is a speech pathologist. and I've had so much fun doing lots of research on speech pathology. Um, the hero is a Norwegian, potentially, uh, he's a diplomat um, and works for the UN. So there's quite a lot of plot going on as in the first novel. Wow, fantastic. And so, you know, within At the Deep End, I've already cast the television miniseries. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> So I've already decided who's going to be. Well, I've cast Harriet for sure anyway. Oh, good. Um, okay. And, and I think that the, my choice is a winner. So we'll see whether yes. that transpires because I can totally see it on the screen is the interesting oh, thing. Yeah. Um, what's your advice to emerging authors who hope to be in a situation like you are, you know, now, you know, published? Uh, to they get to this their, particular point. Yeah, they're not there yet. They're, they're, they're kind yeah. of you a few years ago, a couple of years ago where they're, they're telling stories in their head and mm. they're maybe writing some down but they don't really think, as you said, that it's it's actually a real viable thing. Mm. Well, I think, I mean, first up to have faith in your voice. I think we all as writers have a different voice and no matter where you are in your writing journey, you are, that is something that is unique and is special to you. And that makes every person who wants to write an, a writer. You don't have to be like anyone else. Um, you obviously have to research in your genre to an extent. Um, and normally you do that by, you know, by reading extensively, obviously. Um, but have faith in the voice. Um, take small steps like I did. Start with a weekend course if that gives you enough confidence to launch into perhaps other courses and other um, aspects of writing craft. And also I think, well, f- certainly for me and for many other writers, um, often we don't have time necessarily to devote our time to writing because it lets face it, it's it's not a big money spinner um, for many years, if ever. Um, so it's really, um, yeah, have faith that you, your experiences in life, whether it's bringing up children or in another career like I had, um, that makes you special. Um, that gives you something to stay. Um, so have faith that, um, yeah, you do have something to say and you have an interesting perspective on things, I suppose. Now, you and your daughter, Tamsin, are... Yes both authors now um did you ever think that you both would be and you'd both kind of walk into bookshops and see your books there (laughs) absolutely not and I stalk her mercilessly looking into bookshops and and now she teases me because I you know um because she knows how well that I know how she feels now (laughs) because it can be quite uh, yeah not at all and actually when when 
journalism was picked up and was published, and I know how difficult, you know, it can be. Um, I thought, well, that is so, so wonderful for our family. I thought I can't ever be picked up. It just wouldn't be fair to have two of us. Um, <laughs> look, 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 I was lucky enough for that to happen to me. Um, yeah, we're both very loud, Tamsin and I, so we're the um, – yeah, and we – yeah, but it's, it's wonderful that we've actually both – you know, become writers. And and funnily enough, if I could have picked one of my six children as a writer, it would have been Tamsin because she's always very, very wow. um, definite about what she wants to write and how she wants to write it. And she has a very, very clear idea about story writing, um, yeah, which is Wonderful. fantastic. And finally, what is the most enjoyable thing about writing for you? Oh, I do tend to fall in love with my characters, um, my mm. secondary characters as well. I just, I just love going on that journey with those characters, and I miss them terribly when I, when I finish the story. That's why I think I need to, you know, to start another novel straight away, um, so I can get it lost in that world. So yeah, that 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 gives me a lot of joy that that journey um, that I go on um, with the characters. Wonderful, good excuse to keep on writing. Yes. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today, Penelope. Thanks, Valerie. I get so excited when our graduates get published. Isn't it awesome, Al? It is exciting. It's really exciting. It's really exciting when anyone gets published, but particularly when you feel like you've been there for the journey, holding hands and, you know, getting to the end. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, So we are almost at the end of our mini-sode, Al. Where do we find you online? You will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You will find me on Twitter at, at altate, A-L-T-A-I-T. And you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. Oh, and if you've got a minute, pop by because the Mapmaker Chronicles website has had a little facelift and I would love it if you would go and have a look and see what you think. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So if you want to connect with either of us, please do. We'd love to hear from you. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Uh, I'm the Valerie Koo that lives in Sydney. And of course, for any of the show notes for this podcast, go to soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll chat to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.